Ladies and gentlemen, please rise for the singing of the national anthem of the United States, followed by the black national anthem, a Cherokee stomp dance, a medley of salsa classics for our Latino friends, I Am Woman, Hear Me Roar, an instrumental number performed on a long-necked two-string Chinese lute, the theme from The Godfather, Hava Nagila, then the Diversity and Inclusion Halftime Show featuring Korean pop sensation BTS and Demi Lovato singing the Muslim call to prayer, Polka Classics, Caribbean Queen, a medley of Judy Garland songs for our gay fans, Idolvice. You're listening to Questionable Material with Jack and Brian, a mostly improvised podcast produced in New York by Jack Helmuth and Brian Sack. QMPodcast.com. Giant Mirror Project. Hi, I saw your ad on Facebook and I wanted to see, um, you guys were asking for donations. I wanted to see what I could do to help. Well, uh, we are looking for donations. We are building a giant mirror and uh, it's going to be very expensive. Of course, the, the, the size of the mirror really depends on the number of donations we get. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we want to have a significantly large mirror. Okay. Well, that's great. I mean, obviously, as the the calendar year winds down, I'm looking for some write offs, uh, and charity work is certainly something my family and I are interested in. But yeah, I'm not sure we quite understand your project to see if this is something where we want our money going. Well, certainly, allow me to tell you what our project is. So we are building a giant mirror. Mm-hmm. Is okay. That's the end of the, your pitch? Well, I mean, it, it is what it is. It's the giant mirror project. We are raising capital to build a giant mirror. Uh-huh. Okay, because that felt like your elevator pitch, but I wanted to let you know that we have more time than that. We, we don't need to just rush through it, but is that all you've got? Uh, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, essentially, I mean, that is our mission statement. It says right here, and I have the plaque right uh, hanging on the wall. It says our mission build a giant mirror. Mm-hmm. Now the mirror is going to be very, very expensive because it's going to be extremely large. We need to buy a large plot of land for the mirror. That of course is a, is a significant expense. We want it to be as close as possible to a major airport. And we, we want to lay this mirror out on the ground. And of course, mirror construction is very expensive and construction these days is very expensive. Absolutely. Uh, I was wondering if maybe you could expand on why that needs to be so close to a major uh, thoroughfare. Well, you got to think, what does a mirror do when it's lying on the ground? A giant mirror. Well, I would imagine it reflects the sunlight. It reflects the sunlight. Exactly. So if you're in a plane and the sun hits that mirror with the sunlight, what do you expect happens? It creates a very bright spot on the ground. 
uh, not in the ground, but also in your face. I mean, depending on oh, where yeah. you're flying and where the sun is during the time of day, it's kind of like a lottery of sorts. Uh, are you going to get a blinding flash in your eyes? Are you just going to get like a tremendous glare? Are you just going to see clouds on the ground and think the plane's upside down? And there's a whole <laughs> lot of different comedy options. Well, this is a comedy project. Yes, it's a comedy project. Oh my gosh. Um, okay. Cause it, it almost felt like a terrorist project there for a moment. No. And, uh, and that's an obstacle we are going to overcome with, uh, definitely a lot of, uh, research and uh, discussions and interrogations and things, but we want to have a giant mirror near an airport reflecting the sun, uh, striking travelers, pilots, whoever, because it's, if you think about it, it's, it's pretty funny. I mean, there you are flying along and suddenly the, the sun in, in all its ferocity is being directed into your eyes. And you can imagine, um, the gaiety and the frivolity <laughs> and the silliness of it all. We want to see the expressions of people as they're just lit up with a, a, a giant directed beam of sunlight from the ground. It's something you don't expect. And if you think about it, comedy is, is something you don't expect. It's, it's, it's getting uh, an answer that you, you did not see coming. Yeah. It's a good point. Um, well, I mean, I'll be honest with you. I was just on the phone with the folks over at the Make-A-Wish Foundation and, um, Hmm. I was, so I was sort of leaning on spending my my um, charity dollars uh, w- with them. I was wondering if you could tell me why you deserve my money more than they do. Well, because I mean, the Make a Wish Foundation that that affects one kid's life. Okay, you know, I'm sorry if 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 Timmy has some kind of terrible life threatening disease and boohoo. I know it's sad, uh, and yeah, it would be great to go to Disney World, sure. But when you think about a giant mirror. Lying on the ground, a mile or two from a major airport, and and how that's going to impact so many lives, not just Timmy, but but thousands and thousands and thousands of people. Not to right. mention the fact it's a giant construction project. You're going to have to have mirror guards to prevent people from coming to break the mirror. Mirrors are fragile. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to need a fence. Uh, I mean, there's so much fence. The fence business is going to see a boom wherever we we ply our trade. Sure. And who knows if this takes off, pun intended, we could have giant mirrors outside of numerous airports. I guess so. I mean, you make a really compelling point why I should not donate to the Make-A-Wish Foundation. No, I mean, listen, I nobody likes leukemia. I get it. But I need you to think the big, big picture, literally big like picture, a big yeah. mirror, a giant mirror. And imagine your surprise as you're flying along and you're looking out the window, just taking in the view. And then suddenly your eyes just light up and your pupils completely, they, they turn into pinpoints. And yep. then you turn to your wife or husband and I'm not judging. I don't know what you have. And you just look at them and then you can't see them because your eyes have just been seared with this hilarious sunlight. So, so it is, I mean, so we're in agreement then that it is definitely dangerous for people in the airlines. I wouldn't say dangerous. I'd say, uh, you know, is it risky? Yes. But comedy is about taking a risk, right? I mean, if you think about it, you know, uh, with with certain jokes are risky jokes. Look at Louis CK and the peanut allergy joke, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's a risk he took and it paid off. It was very funny. And then he masturbated into a potted plant and it wasn't funny anymore. (laughs) Well, it was still pretty funny. Kind of. Well, I, yeah, you know, normally though, 
when you take a chance in comedy, the chance you're taking is is on yourself. In your situation, you're putting others at risk instead of yourself. We're trying to see how they react to our joke. I mean, if you think about it, this is a giant joke that's located a couple miles from a major airport. And it's just lying there in the grass. And it's and it's a huge, huge mirror. And it's just funny. Okay. Um, well, uh, who do I make the checkout to? Giant Mirror okay. mm-hmm. Project mm-hmm. LLC. That's okay. to cover our butts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for your donation. You're, you're welcome. And, and can I just know where, where it's going to? A lot of people like to know, you know, specifically where, where my money's going to. What, what is my $1,500 being used for? A giant mirror. <laughs> Hi, Brian. Hello, Jack. How are you? Jack, I'm great. I had a lot of fun this week. Oh, that's wonderful. I like that you had fun. What, what did you have fun doing? My friend Barry, he said, hey, have you ever gone skeet shooting? And I said, well, no, I haven't, but I love shooting. And mm-hmm. he said, well, come, let's go skeet shooting. And so we went skeet shooting. And I had a tremendous amount of fun. How do you get yourself into the right frame of mind to be a good skeet shooter? Well, uh, you want to have focus. Focus is very important. Focus is very difficult for me, mm-hmm. as you may have yep. noticed. I have. And so uh, you need to kind of, you gather yourself. I do what's called a, a Grecian ritual. Oh, interesting. What, what is that? Well, um, I, you know, I want to kind of calm down. So I take off all of my clothes. I put a leaf over my crotch and I stand in a pose as if I'm a statue. And I just think, what would a statue feel like? And a statue would be chill and calm. And -hmm. then when I feel like I am calm and relaxed, I put my clothes back on. I pick up my shotgun. I point it down range and I put in the two shells. Okay. And how does that go over at the shooting range? There's a, there's an etiquette at a shooting range. So if they're near you, they don't make a lot of noise. They just sit there and stare at you. Okay. (laughs) Cause they like golf. They don't want to throw you off. Right. And then they wait until I get my clothes back on for the snickering and the laughter. And then when I get ready to shoot, they, they quiet up again, especially if you point Mm -hmm. the gun at them. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's it. Yeah. I would imagine they would quiet down. Um, so, and, and that's what happened. You, you got nude and a bunch of people, um, started snickering and you pointed your gun at them. Is that, am I hearing that story correctly? That's what happened. Yep. Before I okay. left. Oh, bef- before you left. Well, the guys came out in their golf carts and said, did you point your weapon at uh, other patrons? And I said, well, they were snickering at me and they said, well, why would they snicker at you? And I said, I don't know. I was doing my Grecian ritual and suddenly they were snickering at me and it hurt my feelings. And yes, did I point the over under at them? I did. Would I have pointed a side by side at them? Sure. A fully automatic, whatever. I had the weapon. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I imagine there are strict rules that you really can't point your gun at other people. Yeah, there are signs all over the place, like uh, gun safety, practice gun safety, be careful with your gun, hold your gun this way, don't point your gun at patrons, that kind of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There, you know, That was the only thing that took away from it. Yeah, thanks, Obama. Because, you know, other than that, like just stuff shooting out of the grass and taking shots at it, it's a lot of fun. Well, So, so that's great. So after the golf cart um, left, uh, what, what did you do? Because I know how much you hate snitches. Well, I declared a sovereign nation of Bryantopia. 
and I protected it with lethal force. Uh (laughs) Okay. So, so tell me about Brian Topia. Brian Topia was an idea that came to me shortly after they asked me to leave the premises. (laughs) And they had headed off because I had refused and they, I guess they were going to get back up. And so I said, well, you know, they're going to come back to a new country that doesn't allow them to enter because unlike right. this country, I have a border policy. <laughs> How do you enforce your border policy, by the way? Well, uh, with weapons. And so what mm-hmm. I did was I drew a literal line in the grass Mm-hmm. And and I, I just dragged my little shotgun all around, made like a little line of indentation. And I, and I had a crude sign that said, this is Brian Topia, uh, step no further. Mm-hmm. And, and then I, I waited. And about 15, 20, 25 minutes later, a police cruiser uh, came down the way. And you're not supposed to drive a car down the golf cart path. Sure. So of course I did what you're supposed to do when somebody drives a, car down a golf cart pass. Oh, see, I don't, I don't know some of those rules. What are you supposed to do? Well, you fire a warning shot <laughs> into the windshield. <laughs> Wait a minute. The warning shot goes into the windshield. I'm uh, maybe I really don't understand how this works. It's different. If it was a boat, then you do it across the bow. Yeah. But from my understanding, when it's an automobile, it goes straight into the windshield. Driver's side, uh, which here is on the left, and in the United Kingdom and Japan is on the right. (laughs) Right. Thanks for clearing that up. (laughs) Okay, so you fired your warning shot, and then what happened? Well, the police gave up the chase. They pulled off the road, struck a tree, and uh, Brian Topia was safe. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. So, so the, uh, <laughs> so the police cruiser hit the yeah. tree and yeah. then, um, and then what happened? I, I still I want to sort of finish that. So it, the car is incapacitated. Did the police officer or officers get out? No, I think the warning shot was enough <laughs> to, to scare them off. They were amply yeah. warned. I think they realized they were invading a sovereign country and that mm-hmm. is on their list of do not do's, which is a, a list that police have. That they carry with them, the do not do list. You know, it's, it's so funny because I, I was thinking about, as you know, I'm thinking about changing careers and joining the police academy. What, um, what, what's, tell me again what's on the do not do's uh, for police work? Well, um, a big one, a really big one is do not uh, kill people in front of cameras. Uh-huh. <laughs> and that is, that is one, you know, they, they, they're kicking themselves for not really uh, emphasizing that one more. Mm hmm. But um, so that that's the number one do not do. So do more of your killing in like a forest area. Uh, yeah. Away, away, you know, like the Russian style, like in underground away mm-hmm. from people. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be in front of cameras or, or large groups of people screaming at you. Um, right. Another do not do is, is do not forget to turn off your body camera. If you're about to do like the number one, do not do or, or, you know, a variety of other do not do's. Do mm-hmm. not take bribes in front in front of cameras or people or FBI agents. Don't do that. Yeah. Boy. Do not do not give me a ticket for kissing passenger on my prom night when I didn't do that. When you made it up. Uh-huh. There's a whole list of do not do's. I, I, I guess so. I 
I'm so glad that I've, I've learned this because I, I mean, there's not a single one of those rules that I could possibly follow. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's very difficult, but you know, in Brian Topia, it's a little different. We don't have rules like that. Our constitution mm-hmm. is fairly simple. Well, what's can, can you give us a reading of your constitution? It just says, chill it. <laughs> and I'm not even sure that's a right. Re- it's kind of open in the air. It's kind of like the second amendment. It's kind of up to interpretation. Like I might uh-huh. talk about beer. Am I talking about your personality? Am I talking about your, your room? Mm-hmm. Every, it's just up in the air and it's going to be interpreted, interpreted for hundreds of years differently by yeah. different people. And depending on their political agenda, it's going to be about beer or it's going to be about just your, your personality being calm and collect, chill it. And that's it. And then I signed it with a big signature for, for the king to see. The I king. Said, he won't need his- he won't need his spectacles to see this. Yeah. Cause I was trying to be like a founding father. Uh-huh. <laughs> I wanted to be Hancocky. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I know you do. What? Um, okay. So that's interesting. So uh, you're doing a podcast with me right now, which yes. means uh, Brian Topia is currently uh, unoccupied or what is the status of Brian Topia now? Well, and that's, that's the funny thing. So um, I noticed a large group of people assembling off in the distance. Mm-hmm. And I got the sense that Brian Topia was about to be <laughs> invaded. And I'm thinking like, you know, as much as I love my country and I want to defend it <laughs> to the last man, I am the last man. <laughs> Cause Barry had uh-huh. left. He didn't stick around. He left. He emigrated from Brian Topia. <laughs> he said, yeah. He said, I'm so sorry. You're crazy. And, and he, he just left. And I, so it just me alone. And, and I see the mob in the distance and I know what's coming. So mm-hmm. I just basically got into the bushes. It's a, it's a big foresty area. And I just made my way. I, I emigrated myself out of there. Okay. <laughs> Ooh, man, the rise and fall of a nation. Yeah. I mean, you know, the history books will tell the story. Yeah. Uh, it's a brief story. Um, and it's a sad story because yeah. it was really a fledgling country that really deserved a shot, pun yep. intended. <laughs> so Brian, um, I know what an expert you are in the field of advertising and marketing. That's right, Jack. I used to be in advertising and marketing. Yes. Uh, and, and, and that is true. You're really an expert at it. You worked in Atlanta in the 1990s. Mm. Uh, in that field. And you, you were quite, yeah. quite great at it. And I know you now sort of freelance for a lot of big companies who are yep. looking to um, overhaul their image, um, come up with new ad campaigns to come up with new logos, mascots, all, all of that good stuff. And I was wondering if we could talk about, um, you know, some of your big clients that have come in and, and what you're planning to do um, to change the look of their companies. Absolutely. I'd love to share that. There are no secrets in my world, Jack, except for that one. <laughs> yeah, no, we, we would never talk about that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't believe they're looking for that lady's boyfriend. Yeah, I know. Sucker. <laughs> That's man. You really pulled it over in them. Good job. So, um, so the first company I wanted to talk about was, um, was a little company called Apple. I can't believe you landed the Apple account. Yeah. Well, uh, I bought enough Apple products over the years that they came to me and they said, Hey, do you do advertising? And I was like, as a matter of fact, yeah. <laughs> the re- <laughs> From your somewhat frequent purchasing, the, Apple's got to be better at that, by the way. They're not doing a good job if they're finding you that way. 
Uh, you know, uh, my guess is that they know everything that's on my phone and iPad and MacBook. So they, um, yeah. Okay. Fair enough. So they, they know your talent. So I was wondering, I mean, Apple, you know, is, uh, is probably more powerful than most countries in the world. So I'm very surprised they feel the need to, um, have a new advertising campaign or a new slogan or new mascot, any of that stuff. So what is it they're looking for and what is it you're going to do for them? They want to rebrand. Mm-hmm. You know, they are, um, they're tired of their image, you know, their slickness. They want to shake things up. Right. They're sick of being so popular. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like everything comes to them so easily that they, they want to challenge. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, athletes will like to, you know, um, tie an arm behind their back and see if they can beat someone, you know, with just one hand, that type of thing. Right. It's all about the challenge. It's all about uh, upsetting the paradigm, mm-hmm. um, challenging the narrative. Okay. Uh, smashing the apple cart. <laughs> Uh, chasing okay, so- the refugee. It's all, it's all <laughs> just different. They just want to change stuff. Yeah. So how are you looking to, um, to uh, upset the apple card? Wait, what's the big change you have in mind? Bite it. And that's their new tagline. <laughs> <laughs> apple bite it. Yeah. So you see the traditional <laughs> apple logo with a little thing and just says underneath says bite it. Yeah. I, I, I guess I sort of get that. Kind of. Okay. Take a bite of the apple. Be, be like Adam and Eve. So imagine, I mean, if you love your Apple products, right. And you go to bed at night and you wake up and then your phone overnight has changed into Spanish. (laughs) You're like, what, what happened? And the operating system's in Spanish. All your messages are in Spanish. And you're like, what, why would you do that? And then it's just like Apple and it's and Nicki Minaj, who's our new spokesperson. (laughs) And she just turns to the camera and she goes, bite it. Wait, so that's a commercial because you you were giving an example of of uh of how things will will change in the home. But so so an, you guys have an actual commercial built. Yeah, so we have an ad and it's it's a guy who goes to bed and he wakes up in the morning and the first thing of course like many of us he just reaches for his phone to see what's going on and he's like, "Wait, it's all in Spanish." It's in Spanish. What's going on? And then it just you know, Nicki Minaj comes out of his wardrobe. <laughs> And just goes, bite it. And then she dives out of his window and gets on her moped and rides away. <laughs> and the moped seat is a sponge as an homage to her song. <laughs> okay. It's interesting. <laughs> it seems like Nicki Minaj's escape is at least half the commercial and where I'm not really thinking about the Apple product at all. Well, I mean, that's the thing. Um, it goes into, it's a four minute commercial because <laughs> when you have billions and billions of dollars, you can do, you can buy as many commercials as you want. <laughs> yeah, you can. So okay. it's just an ongoing, it's an ongoing series of commercials. <sighs> okay. And, and, and do you have one? Do you have one plan for, um, for like for Halloween? That's the next big holiday that's coming up. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's just basically these kids show up at, at a house in their trick or treat uniforms. Mm-hmm. A guy <laughs> opens up the door and he's red faced and he's sweating and he's uh-huh. coughing. 
and you know the kids don't know what to do and he mm-hmm. just has all there of candy and he's thrusting the bowl in their face and then uh, a guy in a gorilla outfit <laughs> comes from the back of the house and aims for the <laughs> tallest kid and strikes him in the back of the head with a MacBook Pro. And then he takes the gorilla hat off and it's Crispin Glover. And he just says, bite it. (laughs) Apple. Do, do we ever find out why the, the person who answers the door is all red-faced and sickly? He's got COVID. <laughs> That's what I figured. <laughs> is that just to, to let people know that it's a a modern commercial? I mean, like, why? <laughs> why? I'll tell you why. Okay. Because in the second commercial, because it's a, another four-minute commercial. <laughs> right. He's hospitalized. And he's lying in bed. He's, he's intubated. He can barely breathe. And the doctor is tapping away at his iPad. Uh-huh. Then he looks at the camera and he goes, oh, my God, it's the Apple variant. <laughs> uh-huh. And then the mother of the gentleman who's, who's intubated, she starts to cry. And then the doctor holds up the iPad and guess whose face pops up on the iPad. Is it, is it Crispin Glover? It is not. Who, who is it? He only agreed to do one commercial. <laughs> I find that hard to believe, but okay, go on. It is a hologram of XXX Temptation. Who's no longer with us. Because of violent crime. Yep. But his hologram is. Mm-hmm. And his hologram looks that mom in the eye and says, bite it. <laughs> and then the Apple logo comes up. You know, sometimes comedians admit, like the really great ones, they'll admit every once in a while that they like to get an audience so against them. Because they want to see if they can work their way back and earn the audience back. They're so famous and so loved that they want the challenge of being hated and seeing if they are talented enough to recover from it. It, It's, it's, you know, like Michael Jordan would just challenge himself to this sort of thing, like in sports. That is the Apple plan. You nailed it. Wow. Well, Brian, you're clearly the right guy for the job. Um, You know, it's uh, congratulations and good luck with, with that, uh, that client. Thank you, Jack. And congratulations and good luck to that client with you. <laughs> yeah, we don't work together. So um, your, your next client that I wanted to ask you about um, is um, PayPal. PayPal, yes. So so, so tell us all about um, PayPal. And, and you said they have like a, a funny new um, mascot or celebrity spokesman or something. I, I forget what you said uh, in, yeah. in the, your text to me. Um, tell us about what PayPal is trying to do differently and, and as they try and engage the market yet again. Well, um, you know, it's a service that, that has, that sends money all over the world, right? Yeah, of course. And, you know, they got a lot of money. They can send the money here. They can send the money. Well, I thought, who else has a lot of money? Oprah Winfrey. 
the Catholic Church. <sighs> Good. Yes. And then I thought, wait a second. Papal. <laughs> so we got Pope Francis. <laughs> He's the new mascot. <laughs> Oh my God. He's not a spokesman. He's a mascot. He's the mascot. Oh, gosh. Yeah, yeah, he's papal. And so, what's great, so you'll see this the commercial we have is this gentleman owes his lady friend uh, 300 roses. And so, he's going to send her the money through PayPal. Uh And so, you see him on his phone and he's typing away on his phone. And then it cuts to this woman's studio apartment in Tribeca. Mm-hmm. And she's there and she's very scantily clad. And, and then, you know, she gets the money and she's, and she, and she, it comes in the $300 and she goes, Oh God, yes. And then uh, Pope Francis appears uh-huh. and, and he goes, Oh no, it's not God. It's PayPal. <laughs> And and then she just, she just kind of looks at the camera and says, "Bite it." <laughs> I mean, Apple can't be pleased with that. No, they're suing, and that's kind of my doing. I would guess so. It's what happens when you only have one idea. But uh, so the yeah, the the Pope is the new mascot. He's the papal mascot he's the papal and and so you shove him in a room you know for people who didn't get it you shove him in a room with a with a prostitute who just got paid three hundred dollars <laughs> she's not a prostitute jack she is a sex worker okay <laughs> okay my and mistake she, i apologize and there's a little at the bottom of the screen with just a little disclaimer saying it's okay she hasn't been trafficked she's doing this on her own accord <laughs> you want to get that out there yeah absolutely that's really important to know yeah and what were negotiations with the Pope like? Like, what sort of compensation did he want to become a mascot for a a uh, an online uh, banking company? Well, uh, he's I, he made me get baptized, <laughs> and I had to do the whole thing. Uh huh. Eat the cracker thing. I had to do the wine stuff. Yep. Um. You know, I I'm not crazy about him. The the finger in my mouth. But I guess that's just part of the thing. I, I wanted him to use tongs. Yeah. Yeah. It seems gross. How'd the wine uh, part of a, of your uh, ceremony go? Not as, I mean, I, I, I went a little overboard. I just kept asking mm-hmm. for more. I, I didn't realize that's not cool. You're not supposed to do that. Uh-huh. Uh, they took me aside afterwards. There's a little side right. room. Yeah. Usually the altar boys are in there and you go, we, they, we went in there and they, they just said, listen, you can't be, drinking all the wine yeah because it's not it's not wine it's uh it's a holy this you've, you've you've made this holy ceremony look ridiculous yeah absolutely they get very agitated of course they do and, and i'm like and oh you, that's ridiculous and i took the giant white candle and i pretended i was a jedi <laughs> uh and they that that you know i almost got excommunicated <laughs> And I'd only been a Catholic for, for like a day and a half. I just had my first communion. Yeah. Because you were saying like, you know, don't be stingy on those pores, Father. Yeah. And you're not supposed to say that. You're not supposed to say, can we just get to the drinking part when he's reading? <laughs> so so you'd be rules. reading a passage from the Bible and you would yell that out? 
Yeah. I'm like, where's the drinking part? It's kind of like with Passover. It's like, come on, can we get to the food? Mm -hmm. Or Diwali. Yeah. Can you turn on the lights? (laughs) Or Hanukkah and Kwanzaa. Can you light the candles, please? Can we, can we move along with this? Yeah. Yep. Oh boy. And and what was it like being on the, um, on the commercial shoot with the Pope? Oh, he's a fascinating guy. He's really nice. And, uh, you know, he's very, he's very just kind of warm. You, you, you sense that he's a, like a very nice, a warm gentleman. I kept going up to him. I was just like, listen, I know you are, you like net, you know, direct connection to God. And, and he just kind of, you know, he nodded and smiled at me. And I said, I, I need my kid in an Ivy league. What can he do? <laughs> What's it going to take? Mm-hmm. And the Pope said, your kid will have leukemia if you don't get out of my face. <laughs> God, that, <laughs> the Pope goes dark. Yeah. No, it was crazy. I just, he went from being this like lovely, vibrant papal gentleman to, to like this menacing, scary, his eyes turned red. So did you battle him with your lightsaber? <laughs> well, it's, it's a candle. Right. I, I realized so all, that. All I did was wax his arm. <laughs> Oh, it's still lit when you plug it at the Pope. Yeah. I was so close <laughs> to getting excommunicated. It's crazy. Man, to lose your country and your religion in the same day would be, uh, in the same week would be a real kick in the, kick in the groin. Oh my, tell me about it. Yeah. Whew. Well, um, Brian, last one, let's just, let's end on a high note. Cause that was sure. such a bummer. Um, yeah. I, I know you got the Taco Bell account. Yes. And you said you are going, you're going hard aggressive on this one that you are really want to, um, uh, you're going for shock value. You want people to remember the Taco Bell commercials and the new Taco Bell branding. Can you tell us about what that's going to be like? Yep. I, um, I know that there's some mystique, uh, around Taco Bell and the ingredients and stuff. And sure. I, I, I stood up at the Taco Bell board meeting and I said, like, guys, let's just own this. Let's, let's create something that will be talked about for ages to come. That's cool. Good for you. That's smart. That's smart. Yeah. So next time you pull into a Taco Bell. Okay. In the drive through and you see the big mm-hmm. menu. Yeah. It's going to, you're going to see one whole section. It's going to just say shelter dog recipes. <laughs> So just a whole section of the menu that just, we're just saying what this is. Yep. And what, um, how are you going to advertise that? Well, it's, it's fairly simple. The camera's oh, going to come zooming into the Humane Society. <laughs> and then it's going to. It's going to go down the hallway and you're going to see like on either side, just dogs barking and barking and barking and barking. And then it just keeps going. And then it kind of just transitions into a car pulling up at the drive through and somebody looking up at the shelter dog recipes sign. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, and then, you know, when there will be a little jingle, Uh you know, that, and, and then that's it. And then you wash it down with a misty spritz. <laughs> what, what the misty spritz? It's a transgender woman who sprays your <laughs> mouth with. 
with a substance. <laughs> it's a mystery substance. You don't know what it is. But she's got she's got like a little bottle mystery. <laughs> Misty spritz. She just kind of rolled down your window and she get three shots. See, you've, you've got your dog Chalupa and a mystery chemical sprayed by a transgender woman. Yeah. That's you know the fast food experience you've come to expect. Uh, Taco Bell was smart to hire you, brother. Thank you. Jack. Brian. My friend Brad is a director. Yes, he is. And Brad thinks that you are one of the more undiscovered talents out there. Uh, mm-hmm. He sees your potential. He's tried repeatedly on this podcast to, to cast you in roles he thinks are, are appropriate for you. Yep. Um, he's a stickler for the audition. You know, he's big on people auditioning cold, not having read the scripts and staying mm-hmm. in character is the most important thing to him. So when you fudge it up, yeah, you don't get the role. That's, that's the way it is, but he just keeps giving you opportunities. And today is no different, yeah. Jack. Okay. So, so Brad feature film director occasionally does little TV, but mostly a feature film director and he's a yeah. real person and he is your friend. And um, so now's my chance. Now's my chance to get now's a role and change my life forever. Yep. I just sent you a script and you're going to read it and hopefully get that role. Okay. All right. Uh, this movie, I just, Jack, I just yeah. got it and I've just opened it, but I haven't read it yet. Yeah. So this movie is called knock, knock the movie. Okay. And it's a touchstone pictures and it's going to be a trilogy of films based on the knock, knock uh, saga. So they think you are going to be great as the lead. Whose name is Johnny Knox. (laughs) Okay. Uh, You can read it at any time. I'm going to, you'd be reading the role of Johnny. I'm just going to read Stan. Okay. Okay, You ready? Okay. I'm ready. Exterior Stan's house day. Johnny stands outside the front door. Knock, knock. Who's there? Harry. Harry who? Harry up and answer the door. Knock, knock. Who's there? Smee. Smee who? Smee Harry again. Harry up and answer the door. Knock, knock. Who's there? Orange. Orange who? Orange, you gonna Harry up and open the door? Knock, knock. Who's there? Goliath. Goliath who? Goliath down, you looketh tired. (laughs) Knock, knock. Who's there? O.J. Simpson. O.J. Simpson who? Okay, you can be on the jury. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good joke. Knock, knock. Who's there? Two. To who? No, to whom? Knock, knock. Who's there? It's a me, Mario. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> darn. What? I don't know. Uh, um, and that's a movie from Touchstone Pictures. Touchstone Pictures is doing that one. God. It's really, I mean, they're really just trying to find any pre-existing property. That's, that's yeah, not a good movie. They're out of ideas. Um, all right. Here's another chance you have. So I blew that one. You blew that one. You blew that one. But this is different. This is um, uh, the R. Kelly story. God. Okay. And it's Amazon Studios. It's a topical picture. And it's a biopic about the famous singer-songwriter, R. Kelly. 
and they right. see you as the lead, R. Kelly. What? I don't know. They're probably CGI okay. you. Um, okay, so <laughs> you have the script. <laughs> so, so I'm sort of the Andy Circus for pedophiles. Exactly. <laughs> okay. All right. Fair enough. I just opened the script. I am ready. All right. So exterior, Los Angeles street, the traffic light turns red and R. Kelly brings his Ferrari to a stop. As he waits, a car pulls up next to him in the back seat of which he spots a turtle babe. He revs his engine to get her attention. Hey baby, you're a pretty little thing. You know that? (laughs) I couldn't help but notice you were smiling at me. Maybe you recognize me. That happens when you've sold 75 million records. Know what I'm saying, baby? Mama. <laughs> oh, baby. Well, aren't you a dirty little one? Keep talking like that and you're going to get yourself in a mountain of trouble. Or maybe that's what you're looking for, baby. <laughs> what I like about you is you don't need one of the. <laughs> is you don't need none of that makeup. You're all natural, just taking advantage of the gift that God gave you when you was born all those months ago. (laughs) Mama, Oh, playing hard to get, I see. Well, that car seat you're in, that's a cheap model. I'd buy you a top at the line model. And your mom is driving a Buick, baby. I can do better than that. Well, you think about it, baby. You change your mind. Give me a call. My email address is rk at hump, humpinkiddos.com. <laughs> you have the prettiest eyes. Anybody ever tell you that, baby? <laughs> Please tell me I didn't get that one. No, you didn't. No, you, you, you broke character. It's supposed to be R. Kelly. He's smooth. He is. Uh, yeah. What is Brad should not be doing that film. I am uncomfortable being associated with that. That is a no. gross in the COVID times. You, you take anything you can get. <sighs> not me. Wow. That is questionable material right there. Well, I sent you another script. There's another <sighs> chance for you to land a role. Uh, this film is called <laughs> the planners. Okay. It's a film about the people who planned the Afghanistan withdrawal, and they think <laughs> you would be great as President Joe Biden. Okay, that makes more sense. All right, cool. Um, you ready? I'm ready. I just opened it. I've never read this before. The internet's amazing how quick it is. Okay, it's pretty interior, awesome. Interior, yep. pre- interior presidential conference room, day. Several people are seated at the conference table. Uh, Brian enters the room and is greeted by President Joe Biden. Glad you could make it. Of course, Mr. President. Uh, uh, take a seat and we'll get started. Now, n- none of these faces may be familiar to you, but, but but this is a team of people I've assembled to, to coordinate our withdrawal from Afghanistan. Okay. These are the best and the light bulb. Light bulb? Sorry, I meant best and brightest. I, I guess the word brightest made me think of a light bulb, which is why I said the word brightest instead. You mean light bulb. Exactly, brightest. Anyway, there are people uh, I've placed in charge of planning our withdrawal from the Kabul airport. At the opposite end of the table is Carl. He comes to us from his previous job of keeping Lena Dunham thin and pretty. (laughs) Nice to meet you. Next to Carl is Ted Tyson. He spent the last 15 years making sure R. Kelly didn't hump little girls. (laughs) Pleasure. (laughs) 
The woman next to him is Dr. Kai Wong. She was in charge of keeping coronavirus from leaking out of her lab in Wuhan. <laughs> Ni hao. And across from her is Robert Benson. He was previously tasked with keeping Disney from completely milking the Star Wars franchise. Good to meet you. To his right is Minneapolis Police Chief Devin Rigby, who was in charge of making sure his officers didn't accidentally kill someone on camera. Hello, sir. And on the floor is my son, Hunter, whose job for the last 51 years has been to not embarrass the living shit out of me. Hi. He's not the light bulb, if you know what I mean. I do. Now, why don't you introduce yourself to everyone? Sure. My name is Brian Cook. I was tasked with keeping Bruce Jenner's penis on. Glad to have you on board. Now, let's brainstorm this withdrawal. (laughs) (laughs) I guess as a president, I can't be uh, cracking up all the time. So I guess I didn't get that is what you're going to say, right? No, uh, you can. Yeah, you can pretty much rest assured you didn't land the role of President Joe Biden. Well, shoot, Brian. Um, Well, that's disappointing and embarrassing. Well, you know, you gave it a shot. It didn't pan out, but you know what? He keeps thinking of you and that's all that matters. Well, I mean, that's not all that matters. Matters. It would matter if I got a job that would pay me six figures and I wouldn't have to work again. That's right. Ni hao. <laughs> ni, ni hao. Well, Brian, that brings us to a conclusion of another episode of Questionable Material. You know what would be neat is if uh, people could go ahead and um, review us and all that good stuff on things like yeah. Apple Podcasts. That's great when they do that. Yeah. It's and good it for the algorithms. It actually does because if you like something, then it and it notices that a lot of people like this particular thing, and they also listen to this other podcast. It'll start, you know, recommending that podcast to other people. So it actually is useful for uh, gaming the algorithms, as they say in the in the podcasting business. So you would think maybe like that would be the perfect birthday present if you knew some, you know doughy middle-aged white guys who are about to have simultaneous birthdays like that would be like the perfect present for those type of people right yes exactly okay good well uh it was fun brian i look forward to talking to you again next week and happy birthday buddy thank you jack and happy birthday to you thank you brian know what i'm saying yeah you're wishing me a happy birthday that's right baby okay and i think you're just repeating lines from our episode mama That was Questionable Material with Jack and Brian. Subscribe on any podcast platform. Watch our clips on YouTube. Visit us at qmpodcast.com. 